to be joking. You've got to be joking. Now, when the treasurer wishes oh, to go no. there or not, I would forbid him going. Forbid him going to the Senate. To, uh, to uh, account this unrepresentative swell over there. Hi to the listeners, and hello to Nick. Welcome I... to the Unrepresentative School Podcast. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for welcoming me. I wanted to remain calm and uh, keep my voice down for the start, because I know that that's a common gripe you have with me, Nick. I was very impressed, because I expect it now. I expect the peak when we start, but it was very nice to have just a mellow introduction, Rob. Well, I just want to, you know... I think you need a bit of dopamine straight away when you start a new podcast. Yeah. So when you get that big loud noise, you know, it's it's a bit of a feedback loop that you get of, oh, this is this is exciting, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And then we when we quickly move into dulcet tones. <laughs> dulcet, oh. Dulcet's a great That's great a word, word I don't hear very often. Dulcet. Very nice, Rob. Oh well, it it it's due to cricket, dulcet tones, that one. Right, yeah. Because, you know, it reminds me of summer, dulcet tones. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, well, whatever kind of tones they are, I'm into them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nick, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> nice, just, we just nice. had a big argument actually pre, pre-recording. pre And, uh, yeah, about preferential voting. I was honestly so sure I was right, but you were right, Rob. And it was about, Rob was telling me in my seat of curtain, I should preference the independent Kate Cheney first and not Labour first because there's a world where because I don't preference Kate first, she could have won, but she didn't because I didn't get her first preference. And I was like, there's no way. There's no, uh, it doesn't make any sense. But Rob's right. He is right. So if you've got an independent in your local seat and there's no chance the major party you want to vote for will get it, vote for the independent first. I want to put this out in the podcast and this just shows that we're clearly not a... Uh pro-Labour hack podcast, just vote for the party that's most likely to unseed the Liberals. (laughs) No, no, that shows you're not a hack party. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're not, dude, we're not pro-Labour. We're just (laughs) anti-Liberal. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And of course, Rob, we're saying all this because there's an election going on right now. There is an election and um, I'd hate to break this to anyone that says Australian politics is boring or anything along those lines, for the next five weeks, we're going to be talking about the election. All we're talking about. Because, boy, Rob, I miss the election, the the air of uh, excitement. And, you know, anything can be, you know? I truly haven't. One thing I haven't missed... One thing I have missed, though, sorry, is just subtle defacings of political posters. Oh, yeah, I'm into that, yeah. Really, regardless of who it is, unless it's a politician I like. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unless it's someone I like, i.e. Labour. But I'm really enjoying, like, you know, the the racist dogs stuff written all over Palm United and all the oh. stuff about, like, um, just ripping into the UAP. Yeah, so and just vigilantes the classic, of sorts. The classic, uh, you know, moustache yeah. on a woman in, in a Liberal Party seat. Nice, very nice. Really funny for some reason. Oh, yeah, a bit of a classic, Rob. And, uh, yeah, of course, this was last weekend this happened, so... You would have thought we would have gotten a, a podcast in early on the election. Unfortunately, it was my fault. I was in Melbourne. Um, uh, and I, I what was... What were you doing there, Matt? Well, I was, you know, I was just having a holiday, Rob. I actually don't want to get into it. It's a private. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I went to see the F1. It was pretty cool. But um, 
I got screwed over so bad by Qantas. There was a whole palaver where like I cancelled my original flight because they changed it and it wasn't good enough for me. So I had to book a new flight. But then that inadvertently cancelled my return flight and I didn't realize. So it was like the day before I left, I realized I didn't have a return flight. So I had to like get a really bad one that detoured through Hobart and then my flight was cancelled. So I had to book it again and it was a different... I thought I was, almost missed it because they were delayed. And I got to... Perth really late on Monday, so we couldn't record. Hey, that's okay, man. Um, first of all, I, like I'm not, I'm not gonna bite with the uh, Qantas being bad thing. I think that's kind of understood. Well, I was gonna bite. It's it's mayhem out there, Rob. And you know, they're yeah. the national airline. And Al- Alan Joyce is like, well, you know, we we didn't have time to repair over the two years. We yeah. wasn't sure. It's very um, Principal Skinner. Uh, yeah. Am I out of touch? <laughs> no. It must be the children. I'm telling you, Rob, this is the bullshit about Qantas. They privatize the gains and they they uh, socialize the losses because when they're it's very uh, Marxist. Big, well, that's what they do, Rob. When it's a private company, so they have shareholders, of course. But when they're about to fail, like happened in COVID, the government just bails them out. Yeah, it's pretty cheese like that. And what you're left with is just a shit service where they don't give a shit about the customers. I'm really bad about it, Rob. As you should be. But on a more lighter note, what is watching F1 live like? Because that was the most attended event in F1 history and I think also oh. in Australian sport history. Yeah, that was nuts, man. There were too many people there. To get back, like when it all ended, it was like an hour wait to get a tram. And yeah, naturally no, enough. All these Goombas are in the line and it's like, you know, person to person. Like, I, you know, if it was raining or if like, I don't know, something sudden happened that scared people... You're in serious, like, trample territory, I think. Yeah. So, it was a bit crazy like that. I mean, that fun was cool. Um, I I feel like, you know, not to shit on your, your dream, hopes and dreams, but I feel like it's a sport that's almost certainly going to be better watching on television. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the thing is, you c- unless you find a really good spot where you can hear the commentary or see a screen, you just can't really follow the race because you just see them going around all the time. And, yep. like, you just miss the moves and stuff that are happening elsewhere on the track. So, I mean, if you had a grandstand ticket, which is, like, hundreds and hundreds of dollars, really cool. On the side, still pretty cool, but, like, you know, not amazing blows your mind. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. I did also put a dot point in our notes of, must be nice traveling, mate. It's not. Yeah, I'm traveling tomorrow as well. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, it must be very I'm going nice. Going to Melbourne again for some reason. Don't don't ask me why. You should have just why. stayed there, man. I know. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> after all that. Yeah, after all the hassle. Anyway, I'm going to be back for next week's podcast, though. So huge. Have if no true. fret. We're going to be doing it. Regular. Hopefully, have you made sure you got your return flight sorted, mate? Yes, my return flight exists. Don't worry. It's with Jetstar, so there's a 99 percent chance it'll get cancelled. But they have to get me on the flight that day. So. That's good. We like, back. We like to see that. Um, but Rob, the writ's been issued. Scomo has gone down to Governor House. The election's officially on. And May, I think it's May 22. This is the date. I forget. I think it's May 22. I'll have a quick look for you, mate. It's but May, I think it's May 22. No, May 21 is the Saturday. So it's, it's, in my it's calendar. late, mate. Um, it's in my calendar. It's official, Rob. What are you going to do, mate? Who are you going to vote for? What do you think? Mm. You don't want to reveal that on this podcast? I hear these United Australia guys. Really. Hey, they like freedom. Yeah, they love freedom. <laughs> you know, I like freedom, Rob. Um, well, we're going to be doing a, a podcast every day, and I, I think, Rob, we may live stream election night, which could be fun. Oh, it could be fun. It uh, could also be a, 
logistical nightmare. Oh, I was thought you were going to say an emotional nightmare as well when Labour inevitably lose. Yeah, well, we should just talk about it, right? Yeah, well, let's get it started. Um, so, on your point of Labour will inevitably lose, uh, the first time Labour have slipped in the polls in two years? Yeah. So Fuck. Um, I mean, look, you got to be careful about these things because Labor, you know, in the lead up to an election... The polls are usually pretty one-sided, and they always narrow. So, uh, you can't be too sure is the thing. But that being said, I think Albo has made some slip-ups here. So, I don't know, Rob. I don't know. It thing things do feel very different than they did when Labor was just in opposition. You know? Yeah. Um. And it is a little bit scary, to be honest. Uh. And again, I don't want to. Uh, harp on the whole point of media bias, but I'm really worried that it's going to start really churning into full support the Liberal Party mode pretty soon. Yeah, interesting. Um, particularly reading the Sydney Morning Herald this morning to try and find poll data, which was oh, right. just, uh, wow, interesting. Yeah, you know what I think about the Sydney Morning Herald, Rob? SMH. Shaking, <laughs> shaking my head. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> um, but let's talk about Labour, Rob. Um now, which party is that? Is that the red party or the blue party? <laughs> uh, it's the it's the party where I don't really care about the I don't care about the opposition leader or whatever. I don't care about the leader. He's a bit of a nothing guy, you know. Scomo, though, I really like that bloke. <laughs> well, uh, not a, not a great start for Labor by by some standards. I mean, there's the big incident, the gaff that everyone talks. About. Everyone's using the word gaff. Why, why are you looking at me like that? I'm just waiting for you to talk. <laughs> This this thing. So uh, I'm just gonna butt in and actually yeah, talk here, Nick. Go. I can't believe the amount of fuss that has gone on about this. Yeah. Um, and I think Adam Bant actually. Adam Bant had the a great speech on it. Had a great point on well, it. Wait, wait, we mentioned what it is first. Well, yeah. So basically, some some knucklehead at Murdoch <laughs> or Nine Fairfax asked the opposition, and he he would have been from one of those one of those two. Ask the opposition leader, Anthony Albanese, do you know the cash rate and the unemployment rate? And he fucked up. He, he didn't know. He, he, he forgot. Mainly because uh, he's not an economist. Yeah. And yeah. it's not really his job to just recite figures. Yeah. Well, that's the first big point is that I, it matters not at all that that someone actually in that position doesn't have the figures obviously off the top of their head. Does it, the, I think the way I've heard people talk about it though, Rob, yeah, respected people is, um, does it show that he's not really in this election fight? Like he's not prepared. He's not willing to capitalize on, on where the, the liberals look weak, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either, but I just, I don't, as, as um, Adam Bant said, how can this election is this what this election is going to become? Just fucking fact-checking. Fact yeah. Well, it's obviously a stupid fucking question. Just a gotcha question. But that being said, I mean, like, uh, what's the cash rate? Point, 0.1%, I think? 0.25% champion. Well, okay. I clearly would get it wrong then as well. Obviously, it doesn't matter. But, you know, and it's not like even those are important in making any kind of economic policy, right? Like, it's not a labor It's policy. also our um, unemployment rates, much like how... Uh, data coming out of China is a bit fuzzy. Has actually been called out by the OECD. I don't know if you've seen this. Oh, I haven't. What is it? 
Well, basically, so there's there's an issue around like underemployment and working multiple jobs. Yeah, that's, that's a becoming real um that's like obviously a major structural problem with most economies. Yeah, yeah. And basically, the Liberal Party here basically is just saying, oh, you worked half an hour last week. Oh, you're employed. You're Congratulations. Employed. <laughs> so, the OECD has said that our unemployment rate's actually higher than I think it's like three and a half or three point nine percent. Yeah, is what the um Liberals are saying it is, but it's actually more like five. Yeah, eight percent. I mean, well, we kind of we've been saying that the whole time, haven't we? That underemployment is the real important. Well, yeah, figure if, you, in the if you actually market. account for underemployment as well, it's like. 10, 12%. So a lot of people are struggling still. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And I mean, if you want to talk about just how workers are, are going, cost of living is a huge issue right now. So, I mean, is the employment figure relevant at all? No, 100% no. Yeah. And, you know, the cash rate is set independently by the RBA. So, fucking, <laughs> you know, it is a, it's a really stupid question, Rob. But, you know, I can see people on labor being like, you know, you should have been prepared for this. Like, this is just an a, a easy goal you let in kind of thing. Yeah, I understand that. But uh, um, again, it's it's not his job. It's not. And I doubt that even if he was prime minister and he didn't know that stat, I don't think that's going to you know, hinder his ability to do his job properly. Yeah. Because there'll just not. be some geezer next to him who's Mr. Stats Man yeah. and just tells him all these stuff. Well, he's a sheet of paper. <laughs> he's exactly. briefed. Um but the problem with the for Labor now, Rob, is they have to recover from this because, you know, he's he's been branded as a kind of guy who keeps making mistakes on the campaign trail. There was another small thing that came up about um offshore detention where he was asked about that and what Labor's policy is and he said, We're just gonna stop the boats before they get here and turn them around. Um, you know, consistent with Labor's immigration policy, which is basically the same as as the Libs, because they don't wanna get cornered in here. Yep. Um, but people were saying that was a bit of a slip up. He didn't have something ready there. I don't know. It's early days. Like I don't actually know how fatal this will be to Labor because it's so early in the campaign. It's week one. You know, people yeah. forget this shit. By the so, time. so on that point, I think one thing I wouldn't mind talking about is like the overall message we're getting from both the parties about this election. Uh, and the Labor Party seems to be going for the. Please, God, not three more years. Like, we can't <laughs> do this anymore. Like, it's terrible. Also, like, uh, the whole don't forget your granddad, um, Medicare, healthcare kind of yarn. Yeah, well, we can talk about the Medicare thing because that's, uh, you know, on the flip, the Liberals haven't either exactly been doing well either no. in terms of things going wrong. I think the difference is that people think, and you may agree, that Scott Morrison seems to look a bit more confident in deflecting those. Oh, well, he's, he's been doing so that much for practice. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. He's had so much practice at doing that. Yeah. So, I mean, he is good at those. And like the big thing with the Medicare is that um, the, the coalition's um, health minister to be, Anne Rustin, who's taking over after Greg Hunt, uh, Labour have basically digged up some comments she made in 2014 saying Medicare is unsustainable. Um, nice. And now Labour are saying, you know, we can't trust the coalition with Medicare. They're going to defund it. Yeah. And, you know, as you've written here, Rob, it's it's very reminiscent of Medi-Scare, which happened back in the 2016 election under Bill Shorten. And Shorten. was a, an extremely very successful. successful political campaign. Absolutely. And they you know, almost won that election from out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, they were a hair away. Yeah. And, you know, this is, to be fair, not the same because they're not saying they're going to privatise Medicare. I mean, is it... Still legitimate, you know, would you say a faithful way of campaigning 
I'd say probably no. I mean, Scott Morrison has is made it Is there a faithful way of campaigning, though? Well, there is. You know, you can campaign on your own policies, but... You can't win on your own policies. And you don't call... The thing is, the problem is when you call out the government for saying they're going to do this thing and the government is saying we're not going to do this thing. I yeah. mean, is that a bit unfair? Because you're just entering more information in the, in the misinformation world, really, I think. Yeah, I understand that. Um, and I would question it, but much like what the yeah. Labor Party's... Uh, uh, overall message of please not three more years. That is my internal thinking. <laughs> Me too, right? Like, obviously, I want them to win. And if I was the dude there, I yeah, I don't know what I'd do exactly. But it's important, Rob, as, as members of the press. Yeah. We must call it out. It is, it is a form of scare campaigning, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a bit of an indictment on the system that we've already got to scare campaigning, which is happening on the Liberal side as well. And we'll get to that. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's been what, what Labor's been capitalising on. The other thing as well, um, well, the other two things maybe, is the one of Scott Morrison's hand-picked candidates for Warringah, which is Tony Abbott's old seat and the seat that's currently held by independent uh, Zali Stegall. Uh, they've basically unearthed a bunch of comments that that candidate made about transgender people um, comparing kind of, you know, the fight in quotations against transgender rights um, to the Holocaust. Yeah. Obviously, very fucking stupid person, um, that candidate in Warringah. And the Libs are under pressure to disendorse them. And ScoMo was defending them for a long time. Matt Keane, New South Wales treasurer, has said she should be disendorsed. So there's a bit of a fight in the Liberals there that's taking up a bit of oxygen. Yeah, and that made for some reason the major topic the major policy topic of the week one of the election campaign. Oh yeah, we should whether uh, <laughs> trans people should play women's sport. Yeah, one of the critical issues facing the nation, wouldn't you say, Rob? Oh. And I said this to Nick Madden on Monday night just gone last Monday if you will. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for that, Rob. Uh yeah, you know, with all due respect to uh, LGBTQI plus people, transgendered rights, et cetera, et cetera, who cares? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, how is that the biggest topic of week one of this election campaign? Also, like, how is it even, it's not, is that even the role of government? Yeah. <laughs> like, federal government? Surely, yeah, federal government isn't in that jurisdiction. It just reminds me, Rob, when Albo was on the Kylie and Jackie O show, if you remember. <laughs> And they asked him, should a transgender kid be allowed to use whatever bathroom uh, they want? And I'm like, what a fucking dumb question to ask a federal politician. Like, not their issue, right? And then Albo... that's local council stuff. What, it's the school's shit, right? <laughs> and Albo said very well. He's like, that's an issue for the school to decide. And then he's like, but I support this, blah, blah, blah. So he, he, did, he answered it very well. Um, but ScoMo, very strange supporting the... You know, just like saying he supported... Um, you know, transgender people not being able to play in whatever sport category category they want. Yeah. Very weird, you know. I don't know what he's... It's just like one of those Scott Morrison things where I'm like, why is he doing that, you know? I think he, there'd still be a fair few people that want the whole, like, traditional community values. But, like, is, are thing? those the people that are making up the marginal, you know, voters this election? I don't know. I think it's it's clearly a base of the Liberal Party of those people that... Um. Oh, wrong bathroom. No, 
this isn't yeah this is bad we need to get the most conservative government and have no action on climate change and yeah. that'll solve this well, it's problem. like the wokeness has gone too far kind yeah of bullshit. um but on that point nick so the liberal party's big message of this campaign is essentially you can't trust labor this is too crucial of a yeah, time. Yeah, well, that's I say, the unknown. You don't know what labor is Better like. the devil you know yeah. than the devil you don't, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Which, in my mind, is entirely a scare campaign of the unknown. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not... I, yeah, using that term. Like, I, I don't know if they're scare campaigning about anything necessarily. I mean, they do do the classic, you know, what is it going to cost? How are you going to pay for it, labor? Retiree I'm, tax, stop the boats... All that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm just so sick of Labor being asked how they're going to pay for things. I'm so sick of it, Rob. Like, we've talked about the podcast before how that's not even an intelligent question to ask because, like, you just pay for it, right? And you just... There's a certain amount of things you can pay for and you can just... It's a, it's a value judgment how many of those things you should fund, right? The idea that you need some new tax to fund some new in- initiative is fucking primitive thinking. Also, Honestly, I'm so sick of it. Also, on that point, this this is the most debt the country's ever been in, first of all. And also, journalists never ask the Liberal Party the exact same question, right? Yeah. So, if you're going to be stupid, at least be uniformly stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, and yeah, the Libs are definitely relying on their, yeah, where the better economic managers side as well. So, those are your old, very old familiar battlegrounds are still being uh, drawn, I guess. Um, but... I mean, I don't know, Rob. It's still so early in the campaign, right? Like, there's a definitely many slip-ups on both sides. How significant they will be in the long run? Uh, this is an interesting question. How significant, Rob, do you think those you know, slip-ups in day one of the campaign are compared to, you know, I heard someone say, the nine years of incompetence, what they thought about uh, you know, the, the coalition government has, has done? Isn't that weird? It is weird. My big worry about all of this particularly with how poorly both parties have been received not just the labor party but also um all parties actually not even the two major parties everyone's hating everyone which is good i guess is that this voter apathy is going to make people turn off from the election and turn off politics in general and they'll just vote for the incumbent because they know it yeah or they'll vote for they'll do the classic i yeah they're both terrible i'm not voting for either of them and they vote for fucking uap or something and yeah we'll get to that i do want to quickly say rob another issue for the liberal party this week and it's quite important i think was is the mr speaker issue what was that <laughs> so scomo's doing like an interview um and he kept on kept on saying mr speaker when answering it to <laughs> journalists really yeah idiot he's been in parliament for too long yeah well i mean like that's going to be a big issue this campaign. <laughs> Tell you what. What might be a big issue is Alan Tudge's little problem. Oh, Tudgegate, as it's yeah, been called, Tudgegate on the Guardian granted. only. <laughs> yeah, by Labour. <laughs> um, Alan Tudge was a, is a backbencher, although now we're not sure, because even though he sits on the backbench, ScoMo is saying he's technically still in cabinet and will be in cabinet if they win. A few years ago, I think it was last year, allegations were unearthed about um, him... The, an issue with him and his staff allegations of sexual harassment, that kind of thing. And there was a big settlement between the staffer and Alan Tudge's office. And that was paid out. It was like, I think $500,000. And yeah, it was paid out um, with taxpayer money. Through the Department of Finance. So, and ScoMo's done the genius ploy on this one. When asked questions, he goes, 
Oh, that's a question for the Department of Finance. Yeah. Who's obviously not going to comment on it. Yeah, well, I heard a Guardian journalist <laughs> who's looking into it quite a lot apparently say it's probably true that they don't actually know the figure, Scott Morrison or um, Simon Birmingham, the finance minister. But maybe it's the thing where they just didn't want to know. They're just like not looking at um, those reports they've been given. Yeah, And it's a huge issue because if a minister is going to act that incompetently that they cost the taxpayer a lot of money, $500,000, right? That's ridiculous, right? That, and, and it's being paid using taxpayer money. That's, that's criminal. That's so bad. And this guy's about to be promoted to the cabinet should the coalition win. Yeah. Um, somehow I feel like that's less of an important issue in the campaign than Albanese getting the figures for unemployment. Yeah, role. I know. I know, Rob. I mean... Which, again... You know, as I said at the start of the podcast, I don't want to harp on too much about media bias this time around, but uh, I think it points to how the media wants to frame this debate. Yeah, I mean, certainly, Rob. I think, well, you know, all this stuff, like, hopefully, you'd hope that voters can draw patterns with what they're seeing in the campaign, with what they've experienced over the past three years of Scott Morrison's uh, government. They can see, you know, oh, hey, this is really dodgy. I actually remember a lot of other dodgy things that have happened under that government. And oh, another thing we haven't talked about. Federal ICAC? Yeah, ScoMo has said that he won't legislate another federal ICAC and he's managed to somehow, through some insane leap of logic, blame it on Labor that he broke his election promise by not legislating one, even though Scott Morrison never even put to Parliament his model for a federal ICAC. And by any standard, it was a pathetic thing. So... I mean, that makes me really sad, to be honest. Yeah. Um, again, not as big of an issue the, and compared to Albanese getting the cash rate wrong. Yeah, I want to bring it back to this uh, This Albanese getting the figures wrong. He just doesn't look very very competent, does he, Rob? Which, by the way, we both have economics degrees and only half of us got the cash rate correct. <laughs> so... I, think, I mean, yeah. I would like, just You need to know the general state of the economy for sure and like what your economic policies are. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Anyway, Rob, I want to finish with this as well because I think it's interesting to note because I think we will be analysing some other, some you know, more um, nuanced issues, state-by-state state issues over the next few weeks. This is an interesting general thing to note though is that One Nation and uh, United Australia Party are contesting every single seat in the lower house. So they have big platforms this election and they're also promoting a lot of new ideas. I, I know they're candidates from both parties are talking about electoral fraud already. So they're borrowing, that's a US import, that one, isn't it? These parties, particularly the UAP, it's just like, let's see if Trump can work in Australia. It's literally throwing a bunch of like shit on the wall and seeing what sticks, really. Yeah. they. I actually saw a policy that I'd almost somewhat agree with from them the other day. What was it? Deleting student debt. What? No, that's a Greens policy. The UAP, I saw a UAP ad for it. You're telling me that's a UAP policy. Well, I saw a UAP <laughs> ad for it, so... Then they truly are throwing everything at the wall because that's every... You know, it's a policy from every part of the political spectrum. Yeah. Again, um, if you think this party is for your freedom, I don't think anyone actually is voting for them that would listen to this podcast. God, no, I hope not. But they are... You know, look at Clive Palmer's record on pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Particularly defamation. And you'll <laughs> see this is not the free free party 
the free speech party no or the freedom party in general well it's just a nothing party isn't it they just have no policy whatsoever at least one nation have policies the thing is rob i wonder as flawed as they are <laughs> yeah look they're they're in the same i don't really think i've heard anyone talk about this they're in the same political landscape i wonder if they're fighting they must be fighting but for votes between themselves really because everyone seems to talk about them as taking votes away from other parties they're gonna definitely take votes away from each other as well yeah absolutely they are, in my mind, the same, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's the same bullshit, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, uh, that'll that be really interesting. And, and the fact they're contesting every single seat as well, they're having a presence everywhere, even in Curtin, where, by the way, there's Kate Cheney and Celia Hammond um, lawn signs everywhere, yeah, every street insane. corner. There's also now popping up One Nation and United Australia Party ones. Hmm. So it's a real, feels like a multi multi candidate contest even though no it's labor not. party yet <laughs> no literally there's no labor party signs and you know labor is like putting their hands up and saying no worries kate cheney wins you know well I, yeah maybe they're doing that but like the independents will form say like four or five independents get up they're gonna form a coalition with the coalition right <laughs> hey nicely done or Nick. are they i don't know um I've- it's really hard to tell with these the teal independent movement, as I'm going to call it. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Um, because they they're all running in like the blue ribbon. Uh, we want climate action, but yeah. we hate negative gearing seats. Yeah. Um. So they're obviously going to kind of tail their economic policy towards the right, if that even makes well, any sense and at all. It really, you know, I know what you mean, but it doesn't because Labour and Liberal on so many issues are the exact same on managing the economy. Like it talks about tax, you're talking about tax cuts. It's all the exact same tax cuts. So, I mean, like, I wonder if there's a world where five of these independents get up and, you know, climate change is a big thing they campaign on. They look to the coalition, they look to Labour. If you're them, what party is going to more competently deliver on climate change? It's going to be Labour, right? Absolutely. It is, but do you think that's what their mandate is solely on, climate change? Or is it ensuring that um, these beachfront properties don't get negative geared at all? I honestly think that maybe like you know, there's a way you can... So you're thinking you're an independent. The, uh, the coalition is far too far to the right. You want to bring them more to the centre. Equally, maybe Labour's far too, too far to the left. You could bring them to the centre, you know? Right? This is true. Maybe I, they're thinking that. I just have no idea. I highly doubt. The, the only reason why this... Uh, independent movement actually is getting up though is because um, I feel like a lot of the people that are Liberal Party or close to the Liberal Party can see themselves easily forming coalition with them. Yeah. Which cannot be said for the other climate change party, the Greens. Oh, yeah. Remember them? Yeah. They're an afterthought, aren't they? I don't really give a shit about the Greens. Um, One thing I do want to touch on is they're fighting really hard in a few key seats in Brisbane, which Nick Madden will discuss uh, pretty soon when he comes on the podcast. Yeah, great. Hopefully. Uh, Particularly Griffith, Kevin Rudd's old seat. Um, And really, uh, they're mainly going after a lot of Labour-held seats or where Labour's the next best option. Yeah. Which I think is going to make it very difficult for a coalition if they get to that point. And I think a lot of people within the Labour Party don't want a repeat of the 2010 parliament? Yeah, well, that's interesting because the 2010 parliament was actually a, a kind of a great parliament. Oh, one of the great parliaments, has yeah. to be said. But with that said, uh, it did lead to 10 years of opposition. 
This is true. It's a very easy platform to attack Labour on if you're the coalition. Is they're just a bed with the, the Greens. Greens. Yeah, exactly. Um, the and, you know, loony Greens. Yeah. So Labour would love to win in their own right. Maybe they will, Rob. Who knows? And also, I want to hear more about this. The you know what these independents are thinking. Maybe Rob, we can even get Kate Cheney on the podcast. We'll see. That'd be super exciting. That would be super exciting. I wonder if she'd actually want to do it. Who's in charge of that? Uh, media editor or podcast editor? I mean, yeah, I think we'd have to CC us yeah, on the email. Yeah, regardless. yeah. We'll we'll both do this. I think no matter what. <laughs> um, but you know, I so if you say to her like, you know, fifty people will listen. That's another potential fifty votes. You'd probably be like, yeah, okay. I have a feeling she might be quite busy. But yeah, well, she's only running for curtain. Yeah, how busy she can be. She just goes to the same seat all the time. <laughs> anyway, she's probably working still. Anyway, uh, to see all the updates for the election, um, don't forget to follow us on all of our socials, not just Instagram, Facebook, and uh, YouTube at Unrepresented Swill, but also on Twitter at Swill Podcast. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back, I assure you, next week with another exciting update about the campaign. And if you're not registered to vote, register now. Yeah, register now. You have five more hours as of recording. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) you've missed out by the time. (laughs) 